0: Welcome to the Teacher Interview Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Creasel. I work as Director of Innovation and Instructional Support in Fullerton School District, and every week we sit down and get to know a teacher better. My goal is to learn what drives and guides teachers, Especially when venturing into that risky territory of trying something new, join me today on the Teacher Interview Podcast. We spend time with Anna Hernandez. She teaches at Orange Thorpe Elementary School in Fullerton, California. So um, the the podcast is just. Did I tell you it's a podcast? Send me to me. Okay. So
1: it's, <laughs> I had no idea. I'm like, if, send me, what am I doing? She's like, you'll be fine. Just I, go talk. I got to
0: learn to be better at this, to like be a, more upfront with more of the details. But it's an interview. It's just a conversation. Okay. My goal is to get to know teachers better. Okay. And particularly teachers who are trying new things, working oh. in spaces that are considered innovative. To try to figure out, like, why they do the things they do um, and try to help um, sort of establish, like, some of the things that we kind of collectively know about innovation. Um, So um without further ado why don't you start by telling us um a little bit about the grade level the site your name things like that like introduce yourself
1: okay so um my name is Anna Ariana Hernandez and I teach first grade at Orangethorpe. um I've been teaching first grade there for two years prior to that I was there teaching third grade okay so that's pretty much um there and then my whole experience is in many districts, and it's been K-3rd primarily. Okay, awesome. So, yeah, for about Very 20 years cool. now.
0: Very cool. And the way the um, the podcast works generally is I asked previous guests to nominate somebody. Okay. So your colleague, Jean, uh, uh, threw what? your name out there. Um, threw you under the bus? No. <laughs>
1: yeah, just a little. <laughs>
0: um, <clears throat> so one of the 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 things that I do to try to prepare is I asked you for people I could interview. And so we had a short turnaround. So I I did talk to your principal and so um, I'm going to tell you the questions that we asked and then we might hypothetically have you think about what the other people would have said. But so I asked them, um, what is something like a story, something that Anna has done or she's like being Anna like like it's a typical um a moment like oh that's really like her and her prime and her element mm-hmm. or a, a particular approach you took f- for something so it's a story okay and then another question is what's one word if you had to sum up anna in one word and then the last one is a bonus question mm-hmm. and it's just like tell me anything um anything about Anna that will help us um, help me do a good job in the interview. Okay. Okay, So I'm going to actually go with a third one because I noticed a couple of times in the interviews um, and I tried to do a better job every time a couple of times in the interviews, I really felt like, where we talked about personal things first, mm-hmm. it kind of really helped. So your uh, principal, uh, Erlinda soltero, soltero Ruiz. Ruiz. Yes. so she emailed me. And the, the third question, um, tell me something about um, Anna that would help me do a good job. Um and the free question, she said, her sons are her life. Yes. And so um, she <laughs> yes, wrote a little bit more, but tell me about your sons.
1: Um, I have a freshman. He's at St. John Bosco High School. Okay. Um, he is my world. He um, he loves technology. He is actually in the robotics club for St. John Bosco. And they're doing first, first robotics. And so what they do is they compete... Um, in universities and then they go nationwide and so what happens with them is that after the four years they go ahead and they get scholarships for universities oh, up great. to 50 million dollars oh my gosh it's amazing um he also has already had the experience he when he was a junior high he was part of the robotics program there the sea perch i don't know if you were aware of that um through the navy okay. and they made nationals as a seventh grade and went to Louisiana State University to compete nationally. How
0: awesome! What a great experience. Yeah, so
1: very great. He did was able go to. With yes, him? I did. Did, did you? Doctor reset really? me. Leave that last week, and um, I went with him as a chaperone. Okay. And he was able to dorm in the university yeah. and see what it was like to be away from home, and had that experience. Like even though I was in the dorm with the other parents, he was able to see like, oh, this is what college is like, and this is what we eat in the, you know, the facilities, yeah. and how we have to be responsible. Um, yeah, so he's pretty really great. If
0: you had to t- get take, like, one moment of that trip for you as, like, the best moment, not for him, but for you, what what would you pick?
1: I think just seeing him be excited about the future when he was going on the university tour and the questions he was asking, like, that he's already thinking ahead, like, the light was turning on, like, this is the next step. And he was a seventh grader. Like oh, he was wow. already aware. Yeah. Um, he is already on the engineering track at St. John Bosco. Yeah. So he's already doing things that my brother, who is an engineer for Raytheon, didn't learn until he was at Raytheon.
0: Wow. That's the great.
1: Navis. I don't even know. Like it's this program that they're doing. He's creating trains and they're building them in 3D models and printing them. And it's amazing to see him interact because yeah. that's his strength. I love that. Yeah. And being able to see how he interacts with a group of boys. Yeah. And they're all freshmen through seniors together working for six weeks on a goal together.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it's really exciting. very cool. And was there more than one son? I
1: have a fourth grader who's 10, my little DJ. Okay. And my little DJ is my little Spitfire. He's the one that's going to be a lawyer or something because he (laughs) has (laughs) a defense for everything. Um, He's also very... um, like lego he was doing the lego boost i don't know if you've seen the boost it's the one right under the mind storms okay and so he did that and went to his um, fourth grade class and showed his robotics teacher he's like i'm going to be on the robotics team when i get to sixth grade look at what i can do by myself let me show you That's cool. and so he was um showing them he loves like the little OZO bots he's all very hands-on but he also is um He's reading at a 12th grade level as a fourth grader, and they have him doing like fifth grade math and fourth grade already. They have this program called Acellus, and so it tests them into a system, and then they just do the year through. So he did fourth grade math last year. So now he's just a fifth grade math and they just continue to challenge him. Um, But the thing that's best about him is that he helps all his other classmates. Like he doesn't like, oh, I'm the smart one. Like he just wants to encourage and she'll share his books. Like he's like, mom, um, can I take my books to the classroom library? So my friends can be excited about
0: reading. (laughs) That's great.
1: I'm like, yeah, sure honey. (laughs) So he just really wants to share his wealth. And that's one of the things that his teacher will tell him. He's so humble. And Hmm. just wants everybody to be their best. Yeah. And he'll share situations with his peers like, oh, this poor friend, he had such a bad day. But mommy, you know, I told him that it would be better tomorrow before we left. That's nice.
0: Sounds like a sweet kid.
1: Yeah, he's so sweet. But when he wants to defend, he has an excuse for everything.
0: (laughs) So that's a good segue into, um, I mean, they sound both and slightly different ways, but both driven, like they, they're, they're after these goals. And so when I asked, um, uh, Dr. Sotero Ruiz for one word to stand in for you, she said passionate. And so it's interesting to me that like you have these, you know, your boys kind of have these driven characteristics. So tell me why, like when someone says you're passionate, like as an educator, what what do you think of about yourself?
1: I think that I was originally going to be a human service social worker. I had got into the social work program at USC. I took off to Europe for a graduation trip. And when I was traveling around with all of the other countries, um, like I was with Australians and Canadians I realized that our social services are really bad I had done an internship at an elementary school as a counselor and I had dealt with a child that was in the system and when I contacted the social worker she was just dehumanized and like oh he's in the he's in the family it's thing. I'm like no he's sleeping under the bed afraid malnourished I just couldn't come back to that so when I talked to my advisor I said I'm really torn I think teachers have more power you know than counselors I get five hours with a child and I have to solve his problems whereas these teachers have 180 days and it can really impact those lives yeah. um I think having every child providing them with that safety and that security, and making sure that they can be the best no matter what their situation is, and hearing that you can do it, yeah, no matter what's going on, it it only gets better from here.
0: So you you had this experience where you sort of had a trajectory into counseling, mm-hmm. but then this trip, um, so travel, open your eyes. Yes so interesting. Do you have a favorite moment from that? Um, Because you talked about just awareness of social... Um, services systems yes. in other countries, but do you have just a favorite moment from that trip that you think um, stood out to you?
1: Um, I was by myself. I had gone with the Kentucky tour. I don't know if you're familiar with them. They're like 21 to 38 year olds mm-hmm. and you all just kind of meet together. Um, most of them are Australians, like I said, Canadians and just bonding with these women and these fr- these ad- adults that had all these different experiences. I'd been very sheltered. I'm um, first generation graduate University of my family, both sides. So um, just hearing like, oh, there's more out there and being able to experience it really made me aware of my little bubble Mm -hmm. and how sheltered our country was and Mm -hmm. how sometimes we don't always agree with them. And my whole system and views had been I was going to be the growing pains dad. Hmm. That was going to be my job. I was going to be a counselor, have my house with my business right <laughs> next to me, and, and just have my perfect little family. And then I realized that's not the reality of this profession. Yeah. Um, what I really wanted to help was families and children. And children were my key. Yeah. And making them feel safe.
0: Interesting. So let's let's turn the corner from um, sort of that path into education. And so I asked for... Um, Somebody to, um, for Jean, who she thought of in terms of, uh, technology. And I actually did a little more research. I interviewed somebody else like very, very quickly and, and got like, um, cause I hadn't met you before. And so I was like, should I believe Jean? Like, oh, is yeah. her recommendation good? <laughs> Don't tell her I said that. Oh, yeah, no, no, I will It's on the podcast. <laughs> oh, there she, you go. she might, she might hear it. Um, But yeah, somebody said, yeah, technology integration, like they they gave you like high marks. So when you talk about your path into education, but when you think of technology integration and innovation and trying new things, like we kind of have your, you talked a little bit about your why, like trying to improve Mm -hmm. students' lives. But why go into those territories of technology? What?
1: I think one of the main reasons is coming from the previous districts where there was no technology and coming into a district where it's like a treasure box. I could get anything and everything. Um, When I first came... I was under a different administrator who at that time we were still implementing a lot of the one-to-ones mm-hmm. and a lot of the other school sites when I would be at different events would be doing these and that and I was so excited about like just getting my hands on these things that I would ask the back then ELD coordinator like I, can I borrow iPods like my kids my EL learners really need this like it would be such an amazing tool to have so I was able to get iPods and then then we were moving towards the iPads and it was the first time with innovation and all these different apps, like the telegramies and all, like, can I borrow some iPads? So I talked to Dr. Emmy Flores, and she was able to let me borrow ten iPads for a year yeah. to work with them. And now,
0: just, were you somebody who considered themselves like technolo- technologically no. proficient? No. Okay, so how do you explain? <laughs> You wouldn't call yourself technologically pers- proficient, you're not a techie, but then you're like, I had to have that
1: for them. Um, Explain that. It was really funny because my first year, um, I came from all like, PCs, PC background, no Apple at okay. all. Yeah. And they literally would call me like, oh, you're just Mac Handicap. Like, that was what my name was, like, you're Mac Handicap, you can't figure this out. I'm like, I wanted to learn because I didn't like that. Like, you can't tell me I'm handicapped. And anything, like, I'll figure it out. Your
0: your peers, your staff? It
1: was my staff and my admin. Like, it was like a little joke, like, mm -hmm. with them. Like, I'd be like, how do you do this? I know how to do it in my my PC. (laughs) But how right. does it work and i know word but this i don't know pages is just too hard yeah and they were just like oh it's not that hard i'm like it's just hard and i'm like okay forget it. i'm going to stop complaining about being hard and i'm going to learn it so i can help the kids do it cuz this is the future mm. like this is where we need to be so i want them to have every experience as early as possible
0: so go back up just a little bit cuz you you covered like <laughs> quite a lot right there you said i'm going to stop complaining yeah. so that's one thing stop Stopping a behavior is one thing. Starting a new behavior is a whole other thing. You said, I'm going to stop complaining and just learn it. But that's a big gap. So what did you do? What was your approach to filling that gap of, I'm not going to complain, I'm going to? What did it look like? Did you go next door and talk to people? Did you just set aside time? How did you?
1: I bugged everybody. I was knocking on everybody's door who was out there. I mean, that's one thing that's amazing about Fullerton, that they have so many different people that are willing to share. Mm-hmm. If they see that you're excited about something, they'll go and they'll sit with you and they'll talk to you and they'll help you get ideas, and then you just run with it. So I just was cool. not knocking on, like, talking to Anne, talking to different people that would come through the yeah. systems and different trainings. I
0: was just going to ask you if you wanted to give anybody a shout-out, people that yeah. you routinely went to. So Anne, so
1: Anne and Sue and... Um, Lauren, Lauren was from Pack Drive. Like they were just really great. And then back then that was when we were doing um, what was that thing that we did? Not the I-ready, the thing that we all don't like. The big old line. Sing. Yes, solutions. Okay. Yes. Oh my god. Say it. But we'll yes. Weep it out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um it was Caroline Curley, Lauren, and myself. And Caroline Curley and I were both at the same level of technology at that time. And that's when Lauren was our person that was guiding us. And we're like, okay, we just need to get get on the bandwagon. And Caroline Curley, as you know, has amazing. I mean, she has outshined all of us. And I figured, okay, if we can do it, then everybody can do it because we weren't like the young generation that that's what they're used to. Like I still... Text like my old way. I'm not the really techie person, but I love it because yeah. it makes life so much easier and exciting and seeing the, the students eager to learn yeah. is what I do it for.
0: So interesting. So it part of it was kind of a commitment, like mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. Part of it was having people around yeah. you could turn to. Um, but there's also sort of I mean, there's the initial commitment, but sort of a mindset of like, it sounds like it's almost ongoing. Like, uh, yes. do you find, how, how does that look now for you? Like, what are you learning or how do you, because um, it sounds like you've come away since, okay, <laughs> you're <Yes>. laughing. Yeah, <laughs> You've come away. So what do you do now when you're, and what are you trying to learn now?
1: Um, so now I'm, last year I somehow became the robotics <laughs> person for primary. So I did the Dash robot competition okay. for the first time. and. Because Tell me
0: a little bit about that. What was
1: that like? That was very interesting. I was told right at the end, like, oh, why don't you just do this? And because I had been dabbling with the dashes just in my classroom, Dr. Reese is like, you're the perfect one. I'm like, oh, oh okay, sure. <laughs> and so I had a student teacher at that time, so I was able to, um, when I talked to Sammy, Sammy and I had been, Um, had our buddy classrooms and so what we did and she was doing the Lego Mindstorms competition she's like yeah you can do it you're doing dashes it'll be so much easier you'll have fun okay so I took my first grade class and then I started exposing them consistently and teaching them the whole system and the competition and what it what it was going to be like and then I borrowed the buddies from sixth grade to come and help them you know, to be, because there's, you know, first graders, they're not the easiest ones to wrangle sometimes. <laughs> so having them stay focused and have a good time and actually compete. And then going to the competition last year was different and interesting. Having to do it in the dark on the stage with first graders, having to use our phones to light up so they could build their little things. It was, it was an experience.
0: Was it in the dark on purpose? I, I, don't, I
1: think that it, <laughs> I think it just grew too big, too fast right oh, okay. and we ran out of space oh wow and so um as the other teams were competing with the lego mindstorms the little ones were up there building their little robots and yeah. i don't know what happened with the lighting on that stage i would <laughs> think that they would have it but for some reason it wasn't working
0: that's interesting so yeah not only are you in the new competitive space but then there's just these other challenges yes. on top of it so Sounds very memorable.
1: It was absolutely memorable. So then this year I said I'm doing a team. I'm doing it the right way. It's gonna be first through third. It's gonna be after school, not during school. That way I can have other grade levels, not just my students, like show share across. And then we did a robotics club already. Um, Actually, this time we did a first through six just Mm -hmm. to get those upper graders the buy-in too, because they hadn't had, um, we're barely new with a STEM room and having that we don't have a STEM teacher, it's like the teacher's learning and there's not very many teachers that feel comfortable. So a lot of them see the robots, but don't get to use the robots.
0: Okay. So you just sort of brought up a question I'm curious about. So you're doing the Dash robots and then you get, you know, pushed into a bigger role, But you said that we don't have a STEM teacher and not that many teachers are maybe comfortable with STEM. So how do you navigate that space where maybe you're a little more willing than someone else and you want your colleagues to kind of go on the journey with you? Or how would you approach working with somebody who's um, unsure about innovation? And maybe you're unsure too, but you definitely have shown... You have the mindset of like, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And it sounds like you're curious about it. Yes. Um, So how do you work with people who are maybe not, not where you're at? What's your.
1: I try to share the stories of the kids and the excitement and the benefits from it to get them excited about this really works. And I know that it seems a little scary, but it's really not that scary. (laughs) <laughs> it's really not and once you hear the kids the conversations it's like it makes you want to do more mm. like have, having some like those hard third graders or those hard fifth graders that you don't okay, usually get so to give
0: me an example now so I'm <clears throat> I pre- pretend I'm the teacher who's not sure about this get tell me a story about a A hard third grader, you can change the names, or a hard fifth grader.
1: So we have a a child that's gone through our every grade level and every teacher knows this child. And this child was on the robotics club. And seeing him on a weekly basis, um, be ready at online, in line for us to pick him up and Following directions, keeping hands of himself, being positive. I'm um, willing to work with a first grader because we only had one first grader in the club at that time. Wow! And um, he took him under his wing and was helping him and was actually sharing. And then when we would do like different challenges, like races or whatever, you would think that he would be the one, like, oh, I'm just going to hog it and not let the little friend do it. He'd be like, okay, George, and we can do it. We can win together. Oh. It was just hearing him be so brotherly, knowing his family situation. Mm-hmm that he doesn't have any support mm. sharing those stories with them that she would be like, that would be not in his character whatsoever. Yeah. So I think that would make them turn and then hearing like, and I would share videos with them. Like if okay. you would record them yeah. and just to, just to have for our own, you know, just our own knowledge for Sammy and I to have, um, I'd be like, look, look at how fun they're Lemont's tummy's and it's so simple. All they were doing was racing the robot from one going around a chair and back. Like it was really simple, mm-hmm. but just to get used to the the tools and mm-hmm. and and hearing them how they were cheering each other on and all grade levels was just so excited. And we had We'd all three rooms, so we had different things going on. We had the racing, we had them coding, we had them um, going through the different tracks through the Wonder app. So they were able to rotate and see within that 50-minute time, experience all those things. And then I could hear the student teachers that were managing the other rooms, like how they were enjoying. And then they were excited about helping the kids and taking it into the classroom. So we took another teacher on, so we added a fourth grade teacher. As she's a before combo. And now she's implementing the Dash robots as a reward in her classroom. Okay. So when they um, when we have we have certain events that they can leave early, she pulls out the robots. So most kids won't want to leave because they know that they're gonna be able to have access to the robots. That's cool. And then I'm trying to get my team to feel comfortable with like we're all doing the robots together and, you know, I'll help you rotate through our grade level so that they all have access and that's they can right. get excited. And that's then hopefully right. they feel comfortable that, oh, OK, once they feel that their students can do it, then the students can teach us. I mean, they're the best teachers sometimes when we're trying to figure things out. Yeah. They're they're really smart and they pick up because to them, that's their language.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're almost at time. Um, you're doing a great job, by the way. So, the one thing that stands out to me is you said a couple of things where you, um, you're you excited about the experience you're able to provide for students, but you're also aware that more students can benefit, like mm-hmm. including other grade levels or trying to include, bring other teachers along because it's not important to you that only your students have yeah. this uh, experience. So, it, it, Maybe the word for it is equity. is trying to make sure that um, all these students have access. Um, It seems hard when you're trying to be innovative that you're also trying to make sure everybody can experience the thing that's new. So any final words on, like, why that's important to you or how you like to go about it or...
1: I just feel that a lot of teachers... And have been in one place for so long that they just feel that like the old way is the best way. And I, my unique experience being at multiple places and seeing multiple things, is you always can learn something new, hmm. and you can always make it better, so that everybody can learn and be excited about it. And all that. And it doesn't matter like how old you are. That you can truly learn these things and share them and have every child be excited about coming to school. Because sometimes, especially at our campus, it's really hard to get them to feel safe Mm -hmm. and to know that there's going to be something exciting for them waiting for them that's going to help them be eager to learn. And that's the focus.
0: That's great. I love that. This has been the Teacher Interview Podcast. Thank you for joining us.